Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it just put your trust in him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. And welcome once again to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. It's your girl, Jadon Woods. I'm your host, producer, and pretty much everything else for the podcast at this point. And I once again have the pleasure of having a local attorney and plus longtime NAACP supporter, past president, local and state attorney Don Jackson is here with me again. Hello, Don. Hey, welcome. Yeah, this is part two of our conversation. Been picking your brain about all sorts of of legal matters that are that are going on and uh i almost hate to touch this one but we have to because it's been mentioned before on the podcast we have to talk about the Mueller report and the results and i tell you um a couple weekends ago when it came out when the summary came out from attorney general william barr that basically somewhat at least exonerated President Trump, which I hate to even call him president, I tell you, I had to turn the news off that weekend. I couldn't handle it. I almost felt as depressed as I had been on election night for 2016. And and since then, so many other people have have said the same thing. They just had this sinking feeling. And I don't even know why I felt that bad about it, because I've even said on the podcast that I always had the feeling that the Mueller report would kind of end up being somewhat of a nothing burger. I just never had confidence in it. And so what did you think? Well, first of all, uh, I don't think we uh, should formulate an opinion. I think that Trump and his uh, cadre of idiots uh, uh, jumped, to, jumped the gun. Uh, we don't really know what's in the Mueller report yet. There's over 400 pages. Yes. And it grows every day. You know, mm-hmm. it was 300, now it's 400. And that doesn't even include the exhibits or the grand jury testimony that was taken during the investigation. Uh, I don't think it's as exonerating of Trump as most people uh, think, uh, you know, thought it was. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Barr gave a four-page summary of a 400-page document. That had little to do with the report, because it's been said that pretty much the only quote in his summary was the one in which he said the Miller said that um, it didn't exonerate the president from um, not bribery, what was it? Obstruction obstruction of justice, justice, that's it. So that was pretty much the only thing that he said verbatim from the report. The rest of it was all bar. But he also said uh, the, the second part of that statement was uh that you know i also can't exonerate him of of that charge mm-hmm. either you know he he simply didn't make the call i guess he was going to leave it up to uh uh the political uh system to make the call but here's the evidence and what we need to do is wait until the report is released 
First but how all, is that complete? Even if he did that, he gathered all this overwhelming evidence, and then you kind of don't do anything with it. You right. don't make any recommendations. You don't have any further indictments. Well, basically, what I understand from those who know Mueller and his history, uh, he is a person, unless the evidence is crystal clear, uh, that an indictment should issue for conduct, he was one, a prosecutor was not likely to, uh, to indict. And so uh, what he basically was saying by that statement is, yes, there is some evidence of obstruction. Uh, I don't know how he could not find it in light of the testimony that Trump gave to the uh, newsman early on when he was talking about mm -hmm. getting rid, rid of Comey. Uh, the uh, uh, director of the FBI at the time, he, he basically said, I said to myself, this Russia thing, that's his quote. You know, that, yeah. that's his words, not mine. <laughs> Audio and video. That's exactly right. <laughs> that is That was the reason he got rid of Comey. Mm -hmm. And that's obstructing justice as far as I'm concerned. And I haven't heard a, an expert yet say mm -hmm. that that was not obstruction of justice. And so many, and look at what else he's done even since then, appointing Jeff Sessions and then being so upset with him right. that he, when he recused himself, I mean, he belittled the poor man right out of office and so, and tried to get him to unrecuse himself. And then, and the higher since then have been specifically people who have reached out to him to kind of, you know, interview for the job by putting out statements and reports of their own saying that a sitting president cannot be indicted and they're pro-presidential power. And that's Barr. Barr did and that. And Whitaker before him and, that was in right. the interim position. Exactly. Uh, and the four-page letter that Barr wrote once he got the full report and he wrote it so quickly after he got the 400-page report, I am one of those who believe there's no way in the world he could have... That was already written and prepared. Was all, it was the same letter that he wrote when he was, uh, when he was trying to get the job as attorney general, uh, almost verbatim. So quite frankly, they, you know, they're all crooks as far as I'm concerned. They all are just destroying the judicial system in this country uh, when they allow their personal politics to interfere with the, uh, with the issue of justice in this country. And their personal relationships, because I was already somewhat skeptical about what uh, Mueller would end up doing, but when Barr came aboard and when he was uh, testifying before Congress and admitted that he and Mueller were such good friends that they hung out and he was like, we're friends now and we'll be friends after this is all over with. I mean, that kind of like made me sit up a little bit more like, okay, these are two people that are like-minded. Right. You hang around people and people are that close to you that are like-minded individuals. And so that further eroded any hope that I had in this report doing what I had hoped it would. Well, um, I'm going to hold withhold judge, judgment until the full report is released. Um, here's where I, I'm at at this point in time. I am appalled at the fact that uh, Barr is, in essence, uh, extending his middle finger 
uh, to Congress. Congress has a constitutional duty to, of oversight mm -hmm. over the president and government in general. And uh, I don't know why they're fooling around with Barr. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be on the air, but he, the Congress gave them a deadline, April 2nd, yes. to deliver the report. I hope, and, and this podcast may be on the air after this happens. Yeah, it'll air after the 2nd. Well, I hope that, that on April 2nd, my hope is that Congress immediately sends a subpoena to Barr. Barr is sort of sticking his finger up at him and saying, well, is. I'm not available. And, and he and his office are already saying that they're not going to release it until mid-April. Right. So even as Adam Schiff, who was over judiciary oversight for the House, even as he's making these demands and setting this deadline for April 2nd, Barr and his folks are already saying it's going to be at best mid-April before you see this report. And furthermore, they're saying even then you're not going to get the full report. Right. You're going to get another summary. Right. Well, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Congress, the Democrats in Congress, I don't care uh, who it is, will say to them enough is enough. You, you, if on April 3rd you will be subpoenaed, and if you're not here on April 3rd, we're going to send the U.S. Marshals to arrest you and bring you before Congress. And they, they need to the bring authority to do that. And they also need to bring Mueller before them because right. honestly, he has a lot to answer to because there was so much buildup and expectation for this report. I mean, look at all the indictments that have gone right. forward. People that are already in prison or on their way to prison in charges involving this case. So to automatically have all that movement and all that momentum, all those subpoenas, everything that has been done thus far, and then to have this report come out and nothing further is done, it's just, it almost feels like, I don't know, did someone get to the man and at some point he just said, I'm backing off this or what? But he also has a lot to answer to. Well, you know, from my point of view, <laughs> It only takes one act for on the collusion side of it. It only takes one act. Yeah. And the meeting that Don Jr. had with the Russians with the intent to get dirt on Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. uh, during the course of the election ought to be enough to say that's collusion with the Russians. I Absolutely. Mean, the, the Russian who was involved in that uh, uh, clearly was part of their uh, security, whatever they call it, the KGB, it used to be called, I think mm -hmm. it's called something, uh, GRU or something. She was part of that group, and mm -hmm. that's collusion as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and the, 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 the cover-up by Trump and his, his group, Donald Trump caught on tape dictating to his son what the meeting was supposed to be about, you know, yes. adoption. That's a, come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are not, Americans are not stupid people. We understand that, you know, the, the facts in this case clearly say there was collusion between the Russians and, and, and all, Trump's group. And all the lies. Why was everyone what, lying about their contacts 3, 000, with Russians? 4,000 lies in two years. Uh, everyone yeah lied about their contacts right. and it's like hello there's a camera everywhere you're being watched it's not hard to figure out 
when you're meeting with these people and when asked how many people lied yes from don from the president on down everyone around him lied about these contacts right and it was clear that the president met with the <laughs> this is what's so funny about this whole thing shortly after he fired day after he fires uh, comey he invites the 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 russians into the white house for a meeting Mm-hmm. And said to them, you know, I got rid of Comey. Uh, shouldn't be any other interference with this. What, what, what was that all about? Why isn't that enough to say that there was collusion with the Russians? You know, when it was directly related to mm-hmm. Comey and the fact that he was pr- uh, investigating and prosecuting mm-hmm. uh, interference with the uh, election uh, in the the 2016 election. And his behavior since. How he behaved, which many say was treason, and I agree with how he behaved in Helsinki when he bow and scraped to Putin then. Right. And all the contacts since then that he's having with Putin, that there's no written transcript of it. Right. Because it's only him and a translator. And that's even false because Putin speaks pure clear English so I don't even know why there's even this need for this interpreter on either side when the man speaks as good at English or probably better than Trump does and there's no written record no one in Trump's camp is allowed to even overhear these conversations between him and Vladimir Putin that doesn't stink yeah that's obstruction as far as I'm concerned and we have no clue what promises he's made to Putin um and, and commitments he's made uh, on behalf of this country in light of those, uh, mm-hmm. those, the fact that those, those meetings were not recorded. We have no way of knowing that unless they subpoena the recorder and put her under oath or him under oath, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and make them reveal. I don't care whether Trump has said, uh, you know, I order you not to reveal this. He can't obstruct Congress. They can go after, just like... You know, I, I think that we'll find out that Hope Hicks, for example, his mm-hmm. communications director early on in his administration, probably gave Congress a lot of information yes. that's embedded in that 400-page uh, uh, document that Mueller uh, has prepared. So I don't think it's over with. The fight's not over with. And But uh, I'm not sure, and the reason why I say this is that some Democrats from Nancy Pelosi on down already have this attitude of let's move on and just deal with him in 2020 and I think that's dangerous now yes I wholeheartedly believe that Democrats cannot be singularly focused on taking Trump down right you can do more than one thing at once of course they need to be talking about the people about health care and about all the other topics that matter to people's everyday life but they also can't let this go either I agree I agree that they need to focus on it. I think my personal opinion is I I think with all these Democrats coming out of the woodwork that they're going to dilute the pie so much that, uh, you know, they may be giving Trump a leg up to being reelected. That would be the biggest tragedy this country uh, could ever suffer through. And I'll tell you what ultimately, in my judgment, will happen. Uh, Trump will try to... He'll try to amend the Constitution, not officially, but say, well, it's necessary for me to serve 
beyond the eight years that the Constitution say, I'm going to call it emergency situation. Yes. And, and I want to extend my presidency for another four years or eight years. Mm-hmm. This country will explode if that happens. I mean, it totally will explode. Yeah. Comedian Bill Maher, who's very political. I don't know if you've ever watched any of his shows yeah, on have, HBO. Yeah. Um, he has said over a year ago, he said that he does not believe that there's going to be a peaceful uh, transition of power should Trump lose the Electoral College as well as a popular vote for 2020. He said, watch and see. He's not going to let go of the reins one way or another. And at first when he said that, I was like, ah, nah, no one would ever allow that to happen. But as you sit back and you watch Republicans fall in line behind him, kowtow to him, with everything he does, no matter how horrible it is, he gets away with everything. He literally, as he said, could go out in the middle of Times Square right. and shoot someone and get away with it. The only He's way like we, Teflon Don. I agree. The only way I think we can avoid that is for Democrats to also take over the Senate in the 2020 election. And that could very well happen. I know that uh, Mitch McConnell has, has just been a, a doormat for Trump, uh, but and good, Lindsey Graham, and Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham is is one somebody that I really have lost respect for. You know, John McCain, for example, was his best one of his best friends. Yes, and to sit back and allow Trump to continue to to disparage the career of a man who is now deceased is criminal, as far as I'm concerned. But. Uh, uh, the good news is that McConnell is is polling at about 30 percent in Kentucky, and the likelihood is that he could very well lose uh, his election if the right person in Kentucky runs against him. But I think that's going to be true of a lot of the Republicans who have uh, pretty much uh, abdicated to this president. They mm-hmm. have they've turned over their personal authority as a sitting senator uh to uh, trump and, and their uh, moral authority and their, the yeah, republican the, party yeah. used to be the alleged morality party what happened to that yeah. <laughs> they were also supposed to be the party of the budget you know uh, yeah a fiscal know, responsibility but, yeah ain't happening boy i tell you <laughs> as the deficit rises a trillion every year every year and and uh whatever this president seems to want at this point in time is what he gets from them so I don't know what it is. It's almost like he's got a, uh, a portfolio and everybody in I Congress, know. It makes, you know. It makes you wonder because some of the very people that had horrible things to say about him, that called him out on everything, all of a sudden are, it's a love fest with right. the man. You know, one of those is uh, uh, what's the, the uh, senator from Florida. Um, you know, he talked about his wife. I mean, I mean, he really got personal with him during yeah. the election. Rubio and uh, Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. I mean, he talk- talked about his father saying that he was uh, in the conspiracy to kill JFK. Exactly. And- yeah. Said he was one of those who was there at the time that uh, pulled the trigger. I don't know how you forgive those things. I, I just would not have the kind of personality that I could sit back. And after he said bad things about my family, yes. be his buddy. Yeah, you know, but, all bets uh, are off at that point. Yeah, so, and, and, and most of it's about fear of being reelected. I don't know, Trump controls 
of the electoral in this, and, and, and they're not going to change. No. They're going to love him all the way. He could do absolutely anything, anything. and they're not going to change. That's right. In fact, you know, he's talking about taking their health care away from him, people mm-hmm. who need it the most, you know, or some of his. Yeah, that was crowd. that was one of the things that was so bizarre after the Mueller report. He didn't even allow himself a week to bask in the glory of his alleged victory from that to where he steps on his own victory in a sense. And then immediately that next week was talking about taking away slashing Medicare and totally defunding the Special Olympics. Right. Uh, Which, which (laughs) it's really kind of funny uh, to some extent when uh, Betsy DeVos uh, spoke before Congress uh, she was very straightforward about uh, amending the budget to, to completely eliminate the Special Olympics. Now, there is no way, I believe, or anyone else should believe, that she did that without the blessing of Donald Trump. No, it you was know? part of his overall budget. Exactly. And uh, he has submitted budgets like that in the past where he wanted to defund the Special Olympics and other special interests like that. Uh, so it was no surprise but for him now to say, throw her under the bus and say, well, I got back with my people and I overrode the decision that they made, give me a break. But that's a perfect example of what he always does. He's right. always throwing one of them under the bus and it's like they don't care. Yeah. And, and you know, what can he do somebody? She's got more money. Uh, she and her family has more money than God, you know, quite frankly. Uh, and so... She's got the kind of money that Trump wished he had, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what he could possibly do if she came forward and say, basically call him a liar and said, this is your budget, not mine. You are the one that had me. But to make her look that bad, you know, the day after she appears before Congress and fought validly to, uh, to defend the decision to completely defund uh, the Special Olympics is just... It's almost criminal. and But those are the kind of things you look at and you say, why are these people still supporting? Yeah, that's you the know? mystery in this all. Yeah. And so at, at any rate, uh, uh, getting back to the Mueller report, uh, I just think that when the full report is finally delivered to Congress and the House of Representatives gets in a chance to uh, uh, to completely review it, that victory lap he took uh, will be short-lived. Will be short-lived, <laughs> and perhaps even Pelosi will have to make a decision I as to whether so, or not they should pursue impeachment or not. I just fear that the Democrats, in their ever ever attempt to somehow look better than Trump, to take the high road right. constantly, it's like they seem yellow-bellied, and they like. You know, they have no courage, and that's yeah. one of the things that that happened. You know, in the last election, uh, I didn't feel like Hillary quite took him on as much as she should have took him on. You know, no, she didn't. For example, that, that one, the, the one uh, debate that I remember is when he was hovering behind her instead of going and sitting where he was supposed to sit while she was speaking. He kept you know walking back and forth behind her and and he would interrupt her what she was saying and you know somebody 
at that point in time, they should have become Trump. They should have turned around and said, sit your ass down. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm talking now. But you know what? God forbid she had of because people already looked at her as the B word and how dare that woman, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think that I think that was true in the 2016 election. I don't think it will be true in the in the 2020 election. I don't think so either. I don't think that we now look at women as having to be as pious as we as Hillary was supposed to be. You yeah, know? she could not step out of the role of a woman. You yeah, know, as far as we were concerned, instead of being able to function as a politician and responding to his attitudes. You know, mm-hmm. this new group, uh, uh, I think they're a, a whole lot different and they will mm-hmm. respond to him uh, in accordance with what the situation dictates, quite frankly. I and think that's so. what they should do. Yeah. And, and Who sp- are you impressed by so far? Because yeah. I've, I've been asked that question already. Like, who are uh, you liking so field? far? In the field so wow. far, which, of course, will be more. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's a couple. Obviously, Pamela Harris, is. Uh, I'm impressed with her. Uh, Amy. You are? I don't know yeah. if I'm impressed by well, Kamala I, I as have, everyone else. I have some concerns about her because there's been some talk about some of the things she did as a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. But I listened to the governor of California talk about her in some elegant terms and and basically Mm -hmm. said i've dealt with her over the life of her of her uh uh, career Uh and uh she has the qualities and the attitude to to make a good president i don't Uh, let me just say this mm -hmm. in the beginning i think this country needs a female president quite frankly it's we we're one of the last major powers uh, yeah to not be guided by uh, female instincts in 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 I I often and when you look at most of the countries that have been led by women, there have been vast improvements in those countries. No question about it. Look at uh, Angela Merkel or whatever Merkel in Merkel, German right. in Germany. And I think it's time to happen in this country. I think the attitude about whether women ought to be uh, uh, you know quiet, sit in a corner, and and bake cookies that attitude is over with. Quite frankly, yeah, it should be. Um, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. I'm very impressed mm-hmm. with her. Um, and uh, uh, Cory Booker, very impressed with him. Whether or not he could win. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Beto O'Rourke. I no, he doesn't even have a platform. I mean, first of all, they can talk about all he did in Texas, but he lost. Yeah. You know, so he can raise money where they say $60 million, $80 million he raised in that race, but he still lost. Well, I tell you, of all these town halls that they've been having on CNN, they've kind of been trying to give one by one one of the, these people a platform to talk. The one I have actually, and I'm surprised that this has been the most impressed by, was Elizabeth Warren. Right. She absolutely killed that CNN town hall. My husband and I watched that, and we looked at each other like, whoa, the way she answered the she actually answered questions. Right. Because so many of these people, they, they dance around the questions, they don't answer them, and all they give is their little political tagline things. Right. And they don't they don't come up with like a solution like, okay, I want to do A, B or C, 
but they don't say, well, then how do you accomplish A, B, and C? And Elizabeth Warren did that. She talked about plans and how to pay for things and how to make things become a reality. Not just this grand wish list of what you want to do, but actually plans to make it happen and to make it make sense. And she did that coming out of the gate. I mean, uh, she had studied the issues before this country, uh, came up with a, a plan to solve them, and also came up with solutions on how to pay for them. So She's tough. She is very tough. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm at this point in time, even though I think it's time uh, for a female to be president, I still like Joe Biden. I like his fighting spirit. He's been there. He knows what the office uh, requires, but I also like something that he said a long time ago. He basically said that if Trump, and I'm going to paraphrase what he said, if Trump tries the, if I'm the uh, the candidate and Trump tries some of the actions because he did against Hillary, I'm going to take him behind the bleachers and basically kick his butt. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I would love to see them in a debate. Oh, he would chew Trump up and exactly. spit him out. Right. He really would. Now, what do you think about the rumor um, that's out there about Biden? And by the time this airs, who knows, this may be true, that when he makes his announcement to run, He's also going to announce who his running mate is going to be at the same time. And rumor has it that he's at least been talking to Stacey Abrams, who famously ran in Georgia for the for the governor or the Senate. I can't remember. She lost. Governor. Governor, but right. she lost. But it was a tight race. It shouldn't have even been close because that's such a red state. So she made remarkable um, strides in Georgia so they're talking about that he's been talking to her about being his running mate and making that dual announcement what do you think about that well first of all let me say this about that Georgia race with Stacey Abrams she got cheated out of that election she sure did I mean, there was 20 to 30,000 votes mostly African-Americans that uh, were not counted for various reasons and the person who won the governorship was in control of whether or not those votes would be counted he was the uh, Secretary of State or or the Attorney General at the time of the mm-hmm. state of, of Georgia. And he could have recused himself from that position during the race and, and refused didn't. to. Right. So I think that, that uh, uh, and some of that has been corrected now so that it's not going to happen in another race. My preference would be for Stacey Abrams to stay in Georgia and run for the, the governorship again. Uh, I think it would be a mistake it would give the impression, I'm not sure that she would be the very best uh, vice presidential candidate at this point in time. We, yeah. don't, we don't know enough about her international politics. We know and about And let's her. be honest, we need people with experience that exactly. know what they're doing this time around because we see with 45 what happens when you have someone that doesn't know their rear end from a hole in the ground. We don't need that again. Right. We need experience. And so my preference would be for him to wait until after the nominations, uh, the nomination for president has been decided. And then from among that array of stars that mm-hmm. we have running for the election, perhaps pick one of those. Warren would be a perfect combination with Joe Biden. She sure would. Uh, as vice president. And, and I think that's kind of the mistake that Hillary made. Right. I think maybe the logical choice would have been maybe to pick Bernie. Right. Well, and and quite frankly, this time around, I'd hope that Bernie would not get into the uh, 
the race. I think he brings. Well, more he already is, and he, he and is. there's already yeah. problems with him. Exactly, he's a so, spoiler. And he was a spoiler uh, in the 2016 race, as far as the Democratic mm-hmm. Party is concerned. We don't need candidates that are going to beat each other up. Exactly, <laughs> we got enough to do to to join together to try to tear Trump down more than uh, or not tear him down but reveal the truth yeah. of Trump uh, and that's yeah. why I think all Democrats and even independents who, who see the need to be rid of Trump we all need to pledge that whoever comes out of the primary race and ends up being the candidate to go against Trump vote for him regardless as to who it is I right. don't care if you like him or not Right. let's vote for the person and deal with Trump and whoever your campaign committee is at the end of the nominations for president within the Democratic Party, join forces with the other uh, uh, campaigns to ensure yes. that uh, he's going to be a one-term uh, president. I-, I want to get back to a point that you made earlier, and that is uh, Nancy Pelosi and her decision uh, not to seek impeachment because he's just not worthy of it. I don't disagree with that statement. I disagree with the decision because if he is guilty of impeachable offenses, we need to go after him. Yes. If you spread it across, let let the world know what the record really is. I mean, it's just like in Bill Clinton's case. Uh, He was impeached, but the Senate voted against having uh, his office terminated as president. And that may very well, as long as there's Republicans controlling the Senate, happen again. But at least the evidence against him would be spread across the political record Mm -hmm. and the congressional record. And to me, that's enough, you know. It is. Bring it all out. Let's hear about it. And honestly, he's committed more than enough impeachable offenses. I think that they owe it to this country. I mean, this guy is destroying the fabric of this country. He's mm-hmm. turning the presidency. I mean, what president do you ever recall in our lifetime mm-hmm. using the kind of language, disparaging the the the, uh, the reputations of individuals he doesn't like, like mm-hmm. John McCain, and now he's calling the uh, the Judiciary Committee chairperson pencil neck. I mean, this guy is using schoolyard tactics to win. Mm-hmm. And that may play well with that 30% of the country that he controls, but it should not play well with the other 70% of the electorate no, it in shouldn't. this country. And uh, that 52% white females who voted for him the last time, mm-hmm. I hope they've learned their lesson this time. I and, hope so. Yeah, I, you know, I, <laughs> I was so shocked after some of the things that were revealed in that 2016 election that Trump had done, did and said about women uh, that uh, for some reason those females, white females, could not see to support Hillary Clinton. And, and it was shocking. It was very shocking. No question And to this about day it. what evangelicals are doing. They're well, making it look like this dude's the second coming of Christ. Yeah, exactly. And they, all that he has done which is supposed to be in opposition to what they preach from the pulpit, and yet they still uh, support him 100%. It's just incredible to me. And let me make that correction, mainly white evangelicals. Right, exactly. 
So uh, I think she's wrong. I think we ought to pursue impeachment, uh, if nothing else, to uh, put on the record and before the American people everything that we know that he's done bad. For Absolutely, this we need to know. Uh, from disparaging uh, past presidents uh, to exposing the, what, 8,000 lies that he's told uh, in the two years that he's been president. Flat out lies. I mean, uh, provable lies, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, I think they need to do that. But uh, I, I still have hope. And I agree with Bill Maher, the things you said about him, that even if he loses in 2020, mm-hmm. there's going to be hell to pay uh, on the transition. Uh, yes. You know, he he's already in the process of encouraging that 30% to rise up in revolt. I'm talking about armed revolt in the United States. Well, he States. just a couple of weeks ago made that comment in an interview that I have the military behind me. I have the bikers of all people. I have the bikers behind me. That's a, That's a threat. That's an open threat. It's an to, open threat. Right. And he doesn't have the military. I mean, some of those generals, you can see that they are biting their tongue when they're in, you know, uh, appearances before the congressional committees. But, uh, it, you know, just recently there was an article in the newspaper about uh, veterans supporting John McCain and opposing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, Trump. Uh, and especially angered at uh, at some of the things that he said about McCain. Here he is, a, die, a, a draft dodger himself, mm-hmm. who lied about bone spurs in order to keep out. What what a coward, you know? Yep. And uh, and then to uh, say that uh, McCain is not a hero, notwithstanding the fact that he fought for this country mm-hmm. and and was imprisoned for this country and. And uh, then did a lot of things once he became senator for this country. Uh, oh, it's, it's appalling. Just, any, anybody else can not get away with this. How this guy does it just blows my mind. You're right. Teflon Don. Yeah. Uh, well, one quick thing. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but one quick thing I want to address is something that it's a topic that is surprising to me how much attention it's garnering and that uh, the Democratic hopefuls have all pretty much had to answer to what their opinion is of reparations. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I'm shocked that it's getting the attention that it is. I'm happy that it is, but I'm I'm surprised that people are actually having the courage to bring up the topic. What do you think? I'm concerned that it is uh, because the likelihood of of, uh, African Americans being paid reparations for the years of slavery in this country is slim and none. You yeah. Know, uh, it's just not going to happen. And to me... Do you think it's unreasonable to ask, though? Well, it's no, it's not unreasonable to ask, but uh, I'd like to see it asked at a time when we're not about to enter into another presidential race because mm-hmm. I think it's being used as a dividing point. Uh, yeah. You know, those people want you uh, mm-hmm. to pay them... Uh, and none of them went through the the the, the ills of slavery. They may and be, we didn't own yeah, slaves. And we didn't own slaves. And and you know the Democrats are pushing this issue, and they're going to come forward with a bill to pay repar- repar- reparations to those people. I think it's a dividing wedge yeah. in this election. 
uh, it should have been talked about a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And at some point in time, maybe we'll have a country where we can really seriously discuss it. Mm -hmm. There is no question that the wealth of this country was built on the backs of free labor yeah during slavery there's I no mean, question about it that's what we're that's owed what this, it and yeah. then when people say that oh it's impossible that it couldn't happen it could happen reparations were paid to the japanese that were interned right. Right. reparations were paid to native americans which is why they own casinos and land to this day right. reparations have been made to many groups of people that have been wronged in this country but never to african americans and there is the dividing point right there you know mm-hmm. i agree i i think it's got to be a discussion that we have how it would come about i don't know you know yeah uh, uh, who would be entitled to let's assume uh, best case scenario that uh, there was a decision to make uh, reparations who gets the benefit of it you know i don't know that where my family came from i've not done a dna mm-hmm. test to I well yeah those those conversations are being had by groups like ados have you heard of them ados no, and it's african or is it American? I think it's American Descendants of Slaves is mm-hmm. what the acronym stands for, ADOS. And that's the types of uh, conversations that they're having because, you know, a lot of other factions are coming into it, like people that have migrated here, say, actually from Africa, mm-hmm. not through slavery, but in recent decades or whatever. Right. And they're saying, well, are we to be left out of that argument? And then the ADOS people are saying, yes, if you cannot be able to trace your roots back to slavery, um, then no, you would not be eligible for that. And that's, that's legitimate. I don't, I don't yeah, know how absolutely. you make the argument that they would be eligible for it. Uh, mm-hmm. Quite frankly, just because they're African, uh, uh, now, if they can say that, if they could show that it was family members historically from Africa who came over on the ships, that's a different story. But uh, just to say, you know, should we be part uh, yeah, of the Yeah, I have black thing? skin. Yeah, yeah. I'm from the motherland. Yeah, and therefore no. I should get some dollars too. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't see that as a good argument. So, yeah, argument, so. I, I definitely think we're owed and we deserve it. But I'm with you. I don't know that this is a time. But then again, when would there be a good right. time? Well, that's the other question. That's the, that's the question that has to lead the debate, I think. And the beauty of it is we're getting a lot of smart people in key positions, uh, finally, uh, in politics, that the discussion can be had. And yes. it will be had. Uh, I just don't want it to be had between now and 2020. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it's a wedge issue to uh, to divide the country and 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 yeah, and Trump, I can see that. Trump but will stand up and say, "I'll yeah. never let that happen. Vote for me, and I'll never let that happen." But I I, I do though. Kind of, it's good that they are being that the Democratic hopefuls are being questioned about it because it is kind of nice to at least have an idea as to whether they would entertain it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, surprisingly, Bernie Sanders, you know, is playing dumb about the whole reparations thing, which is interesting because he has such a large black exactly. base, especially yeah. young blacks that support him. So yeah, it, it I kind of, I want to know where they stand on the issue. It'd be interesting to know what each of them, how they stand on it, although uh, the pursuit of it needs to be delayed until uh, this election is over with. This election is too important. 
It is. Let we can't issues. let any one particular issue right. divide us That's exactly so deeply. Right. We have got to uh, restore order to our country. It simply has to happen, you know. Uh, this the, and and you know the good thing about it. I, I'll put that in quotes. The word "good." Sometimes I think Trump is trying to provide us with as much help as he can. Uh, his recent decision to close down the border and and in essence interrupt 1.7 billion dollars a day trade with Mexico 1.7 billion dollars a day mm-hmm. trade with Mexico uh, to me it's almost like saying I really don't want to be elected president I'm gonna give you this <laughs> issue you know because uh, now you're messing with the economy, mm-hmm. and, and that means all of us. And and so, well, look at what he's doing with trade and how the farmers are hurting right. so badly from that. People who voted that vote for, for him. him, right? Yeah, you know, it's almost like he he's showing that that he was correct in saying I could you know shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue in New York City and get away with it. You know, mm-hmm. so we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. But thank you so much for spending time with us and letting me pick your brain these last two episodes because whenever anything legal sparks my interest i'm like i've got to have don on we've got to have our legal eagle our resident legal eagle to come on and talk about things and it's so refreshing to be able to talk about it from your legal standpoint thanks for the invitation yes thank you yes you'll definitely be back you've been a regular already and i so appreciate your time so you guys have been listening to the get happy with jay podcast with my guest today don jackson and again, I thank him for his time that he and expertise that he lends to our discussions. And if you want to join our particular discussion about this episode and part one as well, please send us a comment at our Get Happy With Jay Facebook page. You can go to the website, gethappywithjay.com. Leave a comment there. We want to know what you think about all these topics we have discussed in the past two weeks. And thank you guys also for taking the time to listen. I never take time for granted. The older I get, the more precious I realize my time is and how stingy I can be. And I try to do the best with the time I have. So the fact that you seek out this podcast and listen is such a blessing and you are so appreciated. So until next time, you guys do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish. It's self-care. Bye-bye.